Let's go to the garden where we will find Linda Hellinan. Hi, Linda. Hi there. It's time to start talking about food in the garden again, is it? <laughs> it's always time to talk about food in the garden, but at this time of the year, it's pretty hard to find your motivation. Yeah. I, th- I tend to put mine in the shed and get it out again in the spring. So <laughs> it's, it's quite nice to have a few little jobs that you can focus yeah. on. So just simple things like a, a task or two. And one great and easy thing you can do at this time of the year is to sow broad beans and peas mm. because they've both got big seeds, so they're really easy to push into the ground. And also they'll actually germinate directly in the soil, whereas most things need to be raised in trays now and kind of fossicked along and, you know, being kindly cared for on yeah. a table or a windowsill for months before they go in the ground, whereas these things are tough and hardy, you just shove them in the ground and then just hope that they grow okay and then you don't have to do anything else. So they're kind of low maintenance. But also they fill up heaps of space. And in winter you always have lots of space in your vegetable garden yeah. because you don't need it for anything else. Um, so where do we begin? Where are we going to put them? Do I need to worry about the stakes and things that they'll eventually climb onto before I plant them? That's the thing with with broad beans. You literally could you could plant them blind. You could shut your eyes and just poke them in the soil, and <laughs> they will be fine. So I just tend to use my finger to create a planting hole. So I push a hole down about five centimeters and shove the seed in, and space them out. They're quite big plants, so you can space them out depending on how much room you've got. So I tend to space them about twenty centimeters apart, but you could actually probably space them half a meter if you wanted to, mm-hmm. or you could shove them in ten centimeters apart and grow them really thick and just push them down about five centimetres deep. So you really just like create a hole, shove them, put them in, and then they're good. And nothing really attacks them. So it's like some snails might nibble them a little bit, but they're not a big deal. So yeah. they'll, they'll grow nicely. And then they pop up and they grow all through winter, and it's about the only thing that grows quickly and looks really healthy and lush. So you feel like you're achieving something. And then come, yeah, come like, come late winter, early spring, they'll start to flower, and then everyone will phone us up and say, why are my broad beans not producing any pods? Because you've got to wait for the bees to come back and get on to their business. And then, yeah, by about October, you'll have a really fabulous crop of um, pods. But even if you don't want to eat them, because lots of people don't like broad beans, you can just plant them anyway and then dig them in as like extra nitrogen and carbon for your soil. They're really good at sequestering nitrogen on their roots. So if you've got like really good fertile soil and then we get a wet winter like we're having, um, instead of all that nitrogen washing out of the soil, it kind of clings to the roots of the plants. So it's kind of a good practical organic way to keep your garden well fed as well. I love yeah, that. They're all, they're all good. And the other good thing about them is that there's a variety called Huey, which has been selected by Dennis Hughes in Tapanui. And so he's he spent a few years collecting the seeds up because they used to be rare as hen's teeth and they have beautiful dark red flowers. So they're actually really ornamental. And so they're very popular. They have the same broad bean that you eat, but they have really lovely flowers instead of the plain black and white oh. ones. So it's worth looking for. And they're in, it's in pretty much all of the main seeds. Ranges, so king seeds, yate seeds, they've all got them, Egmont seeds. So yeah, try those if you've never grown them before. Huey? Huey, yeah, H-U-G-H-E-Y. Huey mm-hmm. and Dennis Hughes. Yeah, so it's a good one. Thank I mean, you. peas are the same, so just do the same thing, basically. Any other gaps, plant your peas. <laughs> you make it sound so easy, Linda. It kind of is easy, though. Same thing with peas. The problem with peas is that birds love them. So I tend to grow some peas in trays and some direct. So I'll poke some in the soil where I want them to grow and some I'll raise in trays to fill in the holes where, as they germinate, you know, the birds will scratch them out. So if they're scratching them out too quickly, you might want to cover your seed rows either with just some bracken fern or a bit of wire netting, anything like that, just so that they can get up and through the ground and grow about two inches, I'd say, before or five centimetres, um, before you take the protection off. And then that way the birds won't be able to scratch them completely out because they, they scratch the seedling up and they eat the, the pea off the bottom of it. So mm. you get no peas. 
Um, question for you, one I've meant to ask you in the past, and it's sort of appropriate to today's conversation. Bees and netting, do you need to worry when you've got um, netting over your plants that have flowers that the bees aren't going to be able to get in there? No, because generally people will use bird netting. If you're using, and so bees can fly through that, it's not a problem. And same with chicken wire. But if you're using insect mesh, which has got a very fine mesh, you use that to stop things like white cabbage butterflies getting onto crops. Mm-hmm. And so they, that will stop the bees too. But things like brassicas don't need bees to pollinate them. So generally you're okay. You don't generally fling netting over anything that bees can't get to. Do you know what I mean? Like so if it was your tomatoes, you'd still be using a wide netting. You wouldn't be using a really fine one. Yeah, got it, got it. Um, we had a pumpkin plant that went crazy with flowers and there were so many bumblebees. It used to make me so, so happy seeing them buzzing away. Hopefully it was doing something good for them. And then I, <laughs> I remember I uh, uh, tried putting a net over it and there was all sorts of carnage. So Yeah, yeah. And, and things like strawberries, if you put very fine mesh over those, then the bees can't get to them. And even those strawberries will still produce fruit without the bees touching the flowers. When they do touch them and fertilise them, they actually have sweeter fruit. Mm. So it's something to keep in mind if you've got a berry cage. All the berries need the bees, so don't put really fine mesh over a berry cage, otherwise the bees won't be able to get in. Great. Good tip and uh, good inspiration for the weekend. Thank you so much, Linda. You're welcome. Linda Hellinan, who says, time to put in some peas and broad bean seeds, and you can just chuck them straight in. Uh, use your finger five centimetres deep and forget about them and uh, suddenly your bare-looking vegetable gardens will start looking lush again. I love it.